Hi, I'm George Norrie, and welcome to the new iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone. This is an exciting new network that will feature podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained. Now please sit back and enjoy Dark Becomes Light with Heidi Hollis. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. Listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to my show. Remember, each week, this is the place you go to when you want to hear personal stories when it comes to anything out of the ordinary, from shadow people to hat men, angels to aliens, and all of the in betweens. Go to my main website, which is HeidiHollis.com or ShadowFolks.com, and you will see an area where you can submit your personal stories, your personal research, or other things that you've heard about or just question. And if you want to have that shared here on the program, pose your questions, pose your story, as much detail that you want to add in there, because the more the better, and we will address it right here on the program. We are all about pulling in everybody's information to try to figure out this paranormal puzzle that we find ourselves in the middle of. Nobody has all the answers. Nobody does. So this is how we do it. We talk. We communicate. We get the stories. We listen. That is what we do in order to get some resolution. And I have to tell you guys something. This is kind of a special show today. Why is it? Because believe it or not, This is almost my last show for the year, (laughs) my one-year anniversary show. This will be the last person that I interview for my first full year. Next episode is going to be all about you guys and your comments, your questions, your stories. Those are my favorites because I feel like I get a chance to connect with what's going on out there. I mean, this is the only way that we know what's going on out there, having you guys participate. So I want to thank you all for your wonderful support during my first year here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I have really enjoyed myself here. It has been a very, very eye-opening experience for myself in the world of the paranormal. I've been doing talk radio for over 15 years. Can you believe that? And I've had a ball and uh, I am never bored. I could tell you that. And not when it comes to these topics. And of course, the two that I named Shadow People and Hat Man, named, defined, uh, trademarked now. Uh, I always like to tell people, you know, because I get the question, how, how on earth 
did you get word out there of these two things? And I'm like a lot of hard work over 20 years of me pounding the pavement and putting word out there and uh, being told, well, that's not true, only to have people grab it and try to make it their own. And it's just been a weird experience. But I am trying to help people realize that their eyeballs work, their perceptions work. If they're experiencing something that's out of the ordinary and there's not always a word to define it, sometimes you got to figure it out and slap a title on it in order to make the best sense. And then guess what? The person next to you might be able to relate. And I have been absolutely blown away and honored to have so many people recognize and reach out over the years worldwide in connection to this phenomenon of shadow people and hat man. I have been just, uh, you know, it's always a work in progress. And the research continues, my writings continue, and you can always keep in touch with me on social medias. I usually have a one in front of my name. So at one Heidi Hollis. And uh, of course, if you go to my main website, HeidiHollis.com, you can find all that information there. But I want you to know I'm always here for you guys to reach out to. No matter what uh, the situation when it comes to these stranger stories. And uh, speaking of which, I have a really interesting email that I see has popped up here in my inbox for you guys. I love reading your emails. This is, this is actually my favorite. So, <laughs> all right. This one says, Dear Heidi, in 2011, I was attacked terribly by shadow people along with my husband. It turned out that they were actually men living under the ground that looked slightly different with deep sunken eyes and two holes for a nose. They are people built to live under the ground, but can create a shadow above ground? Hmm. People believe they do not exist, but they can be very cruel and they are telepathic. This is a... This is new. This is new for me, guys. Um, People uh, do not believe they exist. They can hurt you, though, for a very long period of time. They can crouch on the corners of your house, usually the roof, with their eyes appearing red and sunk into their face, creating a glow that would perhaps look similar to an alien. I have had problems with them so much in my life as my mother was... Raped in a devil ceremony at the age of 16. That's horrible. I cannot tell you all that I have went through because of them. And I never talk to anybody about what I've gone through because they do not exist. Hmm. But it would be interesting to talk to somebody who loves God and who would understand some of the things that I go through and have gone through. But please understand, they are actually very human. They just live in cavernous areas and are very strict on anything you could ever think or feel. Hmm. That doesn't sound human to me. That doesn't sound human to me at all. So you're saying that these uh, things live underground. They don't quite look like us because their eyes can glow and then they could give off an alien looking like face and telepathically communicate and restrict what you think or feel, and you can't express all that you've gone through because of their restrictions. I'd say that's not human. Um, 
I believe that uh, there's been a lot of stories that people have talked about there being these cavernous areas where different types of creatures live in them. Yes. Um, to say that they are a solid creature like this that can cast a shadow-like appearance above ground, that's that's very new. I have never heard anyone come to that conclusion prior. Um, shadow people have never been people. They, in fact, don't look much like people and even their form. I know some people will... Uh, say, oh, shadow people, of course. So it's it's just like a person in black, absolutely that way. You know, no, I always describe, if you go to my, my website, shadowfolks.com, you'll see one I call head and shoulder shadow. So it kind of looks like a head is directly connected to shoulders. It's kind of rounded and uh, you don't see legs usually. Um, and uh, their eyes are slanted red Um there's been all sorts of drawings put out there of different types that people have seen. And these things are shapeshifters, so they can make themselves appear differently. But um, I usually hear of this type that I just described. And and also um, them make themselves kind of look like a bat or kind of looking like a big bug is in their house or shadow rodent or all sorts of different shapes and forms that, that they take. Um, and then some people are like, well, it kind of looked like a person, but it was crouched. And um, it's a, it's not it's not the typical ones that I, I generally hear about. And in fact, uh, Hatman has moved in to be the more dominating force that I hear about uh, mostly now, too. Um, but, you know, to say that there's underground dwellers... Um, like the Bowerers or something that lived in homes, uh, sneaky in between the walls, you know, underneath the floorboards or something. Uh, I have heard of so many different, like, uh, folklore almost in, in regards to that type of thing. But how, how true, how real is any of it? I mean, it's up for debate. Who knows? Uh, you've experienced something quite unique. I'm not one here to tell you that didn't happen. I mean, look at me. I had to establish it did happen. And here is, you know, my story. I'm going to put my life out there and put it to the test of everybody's eyeballs and mouths and lips to judge it for whatever it is, only to get all these people by the thousands to recognize and identify with exactly what I was speaking of, um, to give it the definition so people knew we're all talking about the same thing. Shadow people. Hmm. Ah, man. You know, and, and yeah, I've had people say, you know, that's funny. I've called them shadow people myself. Well, I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know. Um, a lot of people just say boogeyman. You know, did somebody else call it a boogeyman without knowing boogeyman was a thing? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, so I like to think that, uh, you know, there's this understanding, this recognition among us that uh, it helps when somebody takes that step forward to say, this is what I feel is going on. I'm going to go with it here. And, you know, whether you can fully identify or recognize, I'm still going to be honest to my story and my truth. And um, it's worked for me. Uh, it worked for me so good that everybody else made it theirs, too. Um, I, I always tell people that I get so many emails and so many comments or people saying, Heidi, is this your story? Is this your group online? Is this your? No. I mean, if you don't see my name on it, no. I mean, I don't have any TV shows. I don't have any films out there. I don't 
have uh, I have a, a couple of Facebook groups, but there's only one uh, that has Mind Shadow People and Hatman Experiencer group. Um, I just have those, and I talk about these things and uh, trying to keep the message pure and not to glamorize evil, not to uh, make a buck off from other people's suffering, um, but to try to just you know keep it real. So if you keep real with what it is that you're trying to do and say, I have found that people support and recognize the effort so and and identify clearer. So, you know, try to put your your story out there and see if others can identify with what you're speaking of, because this is something I've never heard of. Um, But again, I won't say it didn't happen. Uh, I I think it's fascinating that something like this may have happened. And um, I think there's a lot that we need to learn out there still in the world. So, you know what? You guys are in for a treat today because I have Bonnie Meyer. She's usually the person that has helped me launch off several shows that I've done in the past. I've been doing this for 15 years now. Actually, more. Oh, my goodness. Um, and, uh, she's uh, now going to help me close out my first year anniversary here on this lovely network. You guys, you are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stick around. We'll be right back with Bonnie Meyer. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. 
tornado? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. My guest is Bonnie Meyer, who was an ordinary housewife and mother who started off as a skeptic of UFOs until a craft landed right in front of her. Soon after, she had interactions that led to having alien beings literally speak through her in the presence of her friends. After many experiences, she wrote two books about her experiences, one called Alien Contact, The Messages They Bring, and Unholy Alliance, A Global Deception. Her contact has been with benevolent beings, and she wishes to share their message of hope, which is the title of her third and upcoming book. She welcomes you to visit her website, thelightside.org. So I'd like to welcome Bonnie Meyer to the show. Welcome, Bonnie. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm fine. Nice to hear your voice again. Yes, yes. You have helped me launch off many shows, usually being my first guest. And uh, (laughs) now you're going to be my last guest for my one-year anniversary here on uh, the Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. So, hey, I got you in. <laughs> <laughs> Better late than never. Yes, truly. So for anybody who does not know Bonnie Meyer, uh, she resides in the same state that I grew up in, Wisconsin. And we've known each other for years. And uh, she was one of the rare people, part of a group. Uh, their group is called the lightside.org, who had positive alien experiences like i you just don't come across that and i think we all got like attracted to each other like what you too because you just don't hear about that so but your story is so unique because you started off in this field as a skeptic and i i want you to tell people the beginning of your journey because it is so fascinating and so unique okay i uh, had a friend who got involved in the UFOs, and I thought, ah, maybe she's going off the deep end. I didn't believe any of this stuff. So I started going to meetings uh, about UFOs. And all of a sudden, (laughs) after many times of going out and looking for UFOs and seeing all these beautiful red lights in the sky that were radio towers, I finally saw uh, one that I knew definitely was a UFO because it came down, hovered over a road, and an alien came out. 
that's not something you hear about very often. So uh, uh, continue because it's a mind blowing event. <laughs> well, any, anyhow, it kind of waved at me, you know, like to come here, come here. And I got out of my car and stood by the door and I was kind of hesitant, let's say. Oh, oh, uh, oh I, I, would, I would say so. So a UFO <laughs> lands on the road. Something walks out. Can you tell us what this something looked like? I mean, so they're waving you in. This is this is wild. Well, it had on a uh, silver white uniform, but it had like a motorcycle helmet on with it was black. So I couldn't see what the face looked like. And I thought, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And then it hit me. You were finding trying to find if ufos and aliens were real and here one is before you and you're not going to go and investigate and so i decided i think i i'm going to go and i don't know how i got in the craft but i wound up inside the craft and they let me walk around look around and they were about my shoulder height I'm five, six, and they were about shoulder height. And, they, uh, you know, they showed me all the, the instruments, which I thought were very interesting. They looked like plastic covering that you just pressed on and it engaged it. And it looked much bigger inside than it looked like from the outside. And I sat down on a seat in front of all this stuff and I started pressing buttons and all of a sudden I could feel the UFO take off, but I, it wasn't like in a car where you press really hard on it and you push back. That didn't happen. And I could see on this large screen trees and all of a sudden I saw stars in a dark sky, and I, whoa, I was just flabbergasted, and uh, after a while, I got wondering, uh, am I going to go back home? <laughs> I, I just, I, you know, I started yeah. worrying yeah. about my family and my children and all that kind of stuff, and so they took over driving the ship, and they put me, my girlfriend was with me, by the way, so I was not alone. This, uh, you know, (laughs) but they put us off. My car was there and I got in the car, which by the way, was still running with its lights on. And I realized I did not know where I was. This was not where I'd gotten onto the UFO. So I had to drive around and find out where I was because I I had been going to a different city to a campground. And all of a sudden, I don't know where I am. So we drove around and finally found a road we recognized, went to the campground. And uh, we were camping with friends. And uh, the lady came out and said, I thought you were going to be home at 10 o'clock. And it wasn't. And all of a sudden, I realized it's like 
twelve thirty, one o'clock in the morning. My goodness. So what how could it have been gone that long and not know it? <laughs> how did your friend who was with you how does she recall this event? Um she doesn't recall getting into the UFO either, but she looked around and then I never saw her again until we were by the car. But she saw but, and remembers everything with the craft landing. Right. Same right. exact thing. And you both, I mean, what's the conversation in the car? This has to be incredible. <laughs> we both looked at our, uh, at each other and just our mouths hung open. Because we could not believe what had happened. And we never spoke about it to anybody for months. <laughs> so it, it was one of those things that you just, you're in a state of shock. So you didn't know how to relate this to anyone. Absolute state of shock. We just wanted to keep it quiet because we wanted to figure out for ourselves first, what really happened? Was it real? And we both, yes, it's real. We, we, we were there. We saw him, but that was the start of having contact with the aliens. So and, how did things <laughs> progress for you? What happened from that point? Well, from that point, um, we st started to go to a lot of meetings, more meetings, and tried to interject that we had had experiences, but it wasn't negative. We weren't molested you know nothing happened it was all calm and everybody told us we were we were not remembering what really happened it had to have been horrendous and we knew it was not and to this day people still say oh it's just the way you know, you can handle what happened, that you had to have been experimented on, you had to have been implanted with uh, a child, they had to have taken it from you, they have had, I don't know, nothing like that. As a matter of fact, they had, they would come to me, and I was testing them. I really tested them a lot. They'd come and, and want, want me to go with them on a, you know, in the ship, and I'd say, nope, not tonight. Not tonight. I'm tired. Go away. And so they the, the experiences continued, you're saying. So you had, after this one landed, you continued to have interactions with other or the same alien beings. Uh, well, it was with a variety. At one time, the aliens came in my house. There were three of them. I was sleeping on the couch, and there was such a bright light in the room I could not see. And um, they asked me to go with them. And, well, okay. And I got up from the couch because I was sleeping on the couch. And two in front of me and one behind me, we went through the door. And I'm going, did I just walk through a door? How can you do that? You know, and across the street, a UFO was landed in the field. And I went in that UFO and I went up to a large ship in the sky. I later found out that it's about the size of Chicago. 
It was that large. And I was introduced to the pilot of that large ship. And uh, I call him Eric just because their names are so unusual, we cannot say them. And it was just much easier for me to recognize who he was. And he took me to uh, a room and said, go through the door and your whole life will change. Wow, I think that's a great place for us to stop and go to our next break. What's through the door, I wonder? (laughs) All right. Well, uh, you know, be sure to go to my main website. Once again, is shadowfolks.com or heidihollis.com. And to learn more about Bonnie Meyer, go to thelightside.org and you'll see her work there as well as a bunch of information that we are about to dive into. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM, and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About $6 million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. 
It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to Heidi and Dark Becomes Light on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I have Bonnie Meyer here, who is someone that I've known for a very long time because her story is so fascinating. And her group, thelightside.org, they have been actively involved in putting the word out there that, hey, guess what? There are some positive beings out there who don't quite approve of alien abduction. And in fact, this is not something that's been part of Bonnie Myers' reality when it comes to the alien interaction that she's had that's been very much in her face with big UFO landing and her and her friend got on board and she got to fly a ship. So um, <laughs> so you spoke of meeting this captain of this ship on this huge ship that's the size of Chicago and, and you met with an entity, uh, an alien being that you call Eric. And uh, he wanted you to walk through some doors and he said, your life will change. So tell us what happened. Well, I walked through the door and it was a room with three tables and each table had chairs. There was different beings at each chair. They were from someplace else. They were not humans. Some of them kind of looked like the Pillsbury Joe Doughboy. Uh, there was a couple in brown robes with head coverings and a sash around the, the robe. And there were some that were very, very stout, starch. They looked like they were all business, but there was one group that really caught my eye because they were giggling and they were laughing. And I thought, ha, they're more like us. Wow. <laughs> they're not all business. Yeah. But I was offered a drink, and it was blue in color, and it kind of looked like jello just before it sets up, so I could roll it in my glass up to the rim and back. It was utterly fascinating, but it didn't have any taste. And they wanted me to know that there was more beings in the universe and universes that were interested in the planet and the problem that we were having with it. And um, that's basically all I remember. I know we, we talked amongst us. I know that, but I don't remember. But I remember 
leaving. And maybe I should just describe Eric because... He's different. Yes, please do. He's um, about seven feet tall. He has blue down on his whole body. Uh, He kind of looks like Big Bird. He has a beak-like face. Uh, He has long fingernails that look more like talons. And he has like round balls on his instead of feet. I mean, this is not... Very different um, sounding. You know, I I just, every time I try to describe them, I'm just, I don't know how to say it. Right. I understand. And then the strange part, I came across, uh, there was uh, another story that, I mean, you, first off, it's important to know that you and your group have been together for how many years now? Over 40. Over 40 years. And so you've been speaking about your experiences for quite some time. And then not too long ago, somebody started speaking about uh, the blue avian type of alien creatures. And uh, I was surprised at how similar they were to your experience with Eric. But that's not the only being that you've had experiences with. So I'm curious about these other ones. The one that I've had the most contact with, I asked what I should call her. And she said, Mom. Mom, M-O-N-N. And I said, why? And she said, because it's easier for you. Humans have to have a name to connect the face to, where they don't need names to connect the face to, because all they do is think about you and they know who you are. Right. So anyhow, I've had most experience with her. She looks very much human. Very much human. She can pass as a human. She has been on the planet, planet, went to different places and reported back to the ship what she saw. And so would you say Mon is kind of a smaller stature, almost Nordic looking type of being? Because she is blonde. She's blue eyed. She looks very human. Yes, that way she does. And she is attached to the ship, to this big ship which we call the peace ship because it's the meeting place for all different planets and systems. They come there and meet and they have meetings and discuss. And they said, we don't always get along. We do have disagreements, but we work through them. So as a peace ship, they are on a mission of peace. Yes, that's actually what it was made for, but it's been around our planet for probably around 80 some years trying to figure us out and, and how best they, to help us like what are they what are what are they doing exactly what are some of their goals and they, what are what are they doing they, they want to make sure that the planet survives we have horrendous changes coming there is a dark force that wants to take the planet they will not allow that to happen and they want to make sure that we survive and they will do almost anything they can, although they can't interfere, but they can help us in the background. Encourage, encouragement and the whisper in the ear, like maybe you should take a left instead of a right. Oh, that has happened many times. Yeah, that has happened many times where they, you know, I had an experience where I didn't feel well. I felt ill and... I didn't know what to do, so I went to my family doctor, and he said, I think I know just the doctor for you to go to. So I went to that doctor, and he did one test, and he said, you're going to medicine. 
I'm going to call and make an appointment for tomorrow. I went down. They did tests. They found out I had liver cancer. And the next day I had surgery. I mean, amazing. What it was just a coincidence, but I think they had something to do with it. I would think so. Now, there's a really fascinating element to your whole story, and I want people to really get a good understanding of what took place. Now, um, there was another physician, another doctor, I should say, that you went to, and uh, there was a reason for that, because you were having a very unique type of connection to alien beings. Can you tell us about that? Uh, Well, (laughs) you know, who do you discuss this with? Who do you tell it with? I I went to see this... um, fellow. He's uh, actually a psychoanalyst. And I told him the story. And he sat back and he said, I believe you 100%. He said, I have dreams of there being trouble on the earth, earth changes and stuff. And he said, I knew it was my job to help people. And he said, I believe what you say, and I believe that there is a reason why the aliens contacted you. And it it was reassuring to me that I wasn't crazy. (laughs) Right. So you, you you went to get some advice to prove maybe you're losing it. And this guy goes, I believe you, the psychoanalyst. So what happened? What happened? during one of the sessions well that that is that's a very interesting story because i was sitting there and we were talking and you could hear the doorbell because it was a small office you could hear the doorbell when people came in and out and i heard the doorbell on the recording but then i heard this whoop 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 and you could hear a mic being pushed I have them. I have it on recording. I have it all. And then the mic went quiet, and you could hear the helicopter leaving. Whoop, 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 whoop. And I didn't know that until I got home because I asked him if we could record every session we had, and he said, sure. And I played it, and I was shocked. What the heck is this? So I took, next time I went, I took the recording to him, and he listened to it, and he said, if I had any, anything before thinking that maybe this was a little bit weird, now I know even the government's interested in so, you. So they were eavesdropping on your sessions with the psychoanalyst, and you were going there to essentially be uh, regressed to try to recall some of your interactions with these alien beings, correct? Right, right, because I didn't believe what I was what I was remembering, because by that point, I remembered going quite often with the aliens to the ship and and meeting different types of aliens and talking with them. Wow. And I, I was beginning to think, I don't have any bad experiences. They're very kind. They're gentle with me. They leave right. me alone if I don't want to be bothered. Right. Maybe, okay. maybe I am losing it because all these people are telling me, no, you have to be abducted. You have to be taken against your will. Right. Right. So it didn't make sense for you. I mean, I get it when you are being told this is the way that it happens. This is the way that it goes. Aliens abduct you. 
you get experimented on, this is the process, and anything else, you are hallucinating. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's wild. So I think that's what was so fascinating about your story for me when I came across you, because I also had positive alien interactions um, at a different extent than yourself. But uh, nonetheless, it was oh, oh, first time for me to run into somebody uh, who can at least slightly relate to what it was that I was experiencing and that I wrote about in my book, The Secret War. So uh, either way, I mean, it, it was uh, it was shocking and a nice surprise for me. And, and especially to find that you had your group for many, many years before I'd come along. I'd never heard of your, your work or anything before. And, and I come out, I'm in college, and I come out swinging like, this is real, this is what I'm experiencing. And personally, I couldn't wait to write a book about it. I was still in college, and I wrote the Secret War book, speaking about the positive and negative alien contacts and uh, how there's a problem here on this planet and how so much needs to be done. So uh, a lot resonated for me with your story and the light side group um though our stories are quite different um you know it was just a a nice switch uh to come across a different kind of uh story versus the typical alien abduction stuff but you know we're going to get to our next break here you are listening to dark becomes light with me heidi hollis on the iHeartRadio and coast to coast am paranormal podcast network stick around we'll be right back I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials 
cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's George Nori, and thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Here we go with more Dark Becomes Light with Heidi Hollis. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I have Bonnie Meyer with me, and she was sharing about her fascinating encounter that occurred on tape when she went to her psychoanalyst that was helping her to decipher the memory she was having when it came to her alien interaction. It was positive, while the world of ufology was telling her, no, no, you have to be abducted and have horrible memories in order for it to be authentic. But while she was going to the psychoanalyst, she got regressed. And she would be regressed often, but she always recorded her sessions only to hear helicopter interjection into the recording. And everybody heard it only to have that erased later on. Correct. Like that. The recording all of a sudden disappeared. Right. That's correct. Uh, We showed with all our friends that were into this, we had the recording there where they listened to it. All of a sudden, one time we went, we were going to share it and it wasn't there anymore. So helicopter sounds and then you hear some voice like uh, somebody, (laughs) somebody in a helicopter talking like we got it and boom. Unbelievable. It it reaffirmed what I thought was really happening. And so then I started to share more of this information Right. And what is that information? Because you've been talking with these beings regularly and you had what was considered to be almost like channeling. And and it's not like the channeling that uh, like people say they channel spirits or whatnot. This is almost like a technology meeting of souls even that uh, happens to a lot of people who go to be regressed even. um, But you can spontaneously just relax and communicate and the words of these beings that you had a lot of interaction with um, come through. You can communicate with them that way, correct? Right. right. And the thing of it is, is uh, anyone that was there when it happened could ask any question and they would answer. Although sometimes questions were asked and they said, we cannot 
answer that because it will put you in danger knowing that information. Right. So what were some of the more powerful messages that they gave to you and your group that uh, started to take uh, interest in all this that was going on with you? Number one, we ask, first we ask questions about ourselves. How many lifetimes we have? Uh, is reincarnation real? And then all of a sudden, they started interjecting other things. They started interjecting uh, God and Jesus. And I thought, oh, my God, isn't aliens bad enough? Now you're talking about God and Jesus? Because they you, said you weren't raised in a religion. You didn't have a religious background. I had no religious background. I, we never went to church or anything like that. And I thought, oh, boy, if they didn't think I was crazy before, now they are going to. Right. But they explained who God was. And um, they caught the God that we think of as God is actually the creator of all. And he is for everything in the universe. He created it. He put it all in motion. And he gave us free will. And we sometimes screw up, but we're human and we can be forgiven for almost anything. Uh, he also told It's fascinating to me that you came to uh, the topic of Jesus while looking into aliens. Um, not <laughs> if you were an abductee, I would imagine. Uh, I, I had uh, uh, the priest, uh, Ray Boucher, on here, and he said, you know, when it comes to the more negative alien experiences, the only religion that they speak against is Christianity. That, that the abducting being speak against not not any other belief system just just that one <laughs> so i'm like hmm guess that's not a coincidence what's going on no. here so uh, i'll let you it's continue they uh told us about jesus and how the bible is actually a history book of earth it is what has happened it's not a hundred percent accurate because of the translations that have happened but 98 percent of it is fact okay. and he did he did come from a virgin birth he was raised he was uh our savior he died for us to realize that death is not the final thing we lose the body but our soul goes on okay and, and when we're reborn we kind of have a veil over us and we don't remember that i see yeah, <laughs> but it's it's uh, it's so interesting, and that we had started the lightside.org, and just uh, a couple of years ago we started with uh, the chronicles, and the chronicles is more than forty years of positive alien contact. What do we have learned from them? What we've talked about, and every week we post something on that. And then we also have a pearls of wisdom, and that's little little short sentences of things that they told us that we felt were adding to our idea of hope. But I have two books that I've written, Alien Contact, The Messages They Bring, and that unholy alliance the global deception and they are free you can read them on the chronicles great wonderful so, awesome and you have recorded 
your communications, these sessions that you've had with these beings for a very long time. And you guys, your group, you have had these we dictated have. and typed up, correct? So they are. It, it's all there. Uh, they, that's the first thing they told us. We want everything recorded because memories are short and you forget. When we got a computer, we typed everything in word for word, even uh, inflections on someone uh, crying because of what was said. It's all in there, word for word. Now we're taking out the personal things and putting in the chronicles. But we will eventually, I hope, have it all in. And I am writing a new book, and its title is Hope. There is hope, and it is that there is hope for us. We can survive, and how we can do that. Yeah. They taught us, taught us about meditation. They taught us that, you know, drinking and drugs affects your brain and makes you do things you would norm, never normally do. They said that compassion, understanding, love, and faith. How do they feel about the beings that do abductions worldwide? They are here trying to take the planet. And they will not allow it. So not a positive experience, uh, you're saying? Because I, it's something I talk about as well here on the show. And it's rare that people uh, you know, will speak on this. So, Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's happening every day. And part of it is due to, and I have it in Unholy Allowance, uh, Holy Alliance, that the government has made a contract with these aliens to abduct people. We're experimenting on. Yes. You know, it's it's very hard to fight when you don't know who you're fighting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always wanted to believe whatever someone showed me was who they were. And I've learned through the years that that is not necessarily true. You have to really study a person to know who and what they are. And... I've had so many friends that I've had to back away from because I did not like what they were doing. I mean, we have to stay positive and have the hope that everything will work out as it has, as it is supposed to. And according to the aliens that I speak to, this planet will not be destroyed. It is not going to be allowed. And eventually, when Jesus Christ comes back, it will be returned to what it was meant to be. And that is hope. That is my hope. Right. Yeah. So I I think it's uh, fascinating that this is the angle that you're coming to on your your new book. And uh, that the beings, this is their main message, is to wake us up, to realize that there's a problem, that the beings that are infiltrating and coming when you're not inviting them to come along um, are not good and they're causing a lot of havoc in people's lives. So I, uh, I, I think it's awesome that your website at thelightside.org, it has a lot of your channeling sessions, your communication sessions with these beings are listed there, giving the messages that you've received for 40 years now, um, yeah. <laughs> placed well, online and put in these it's books. It's going on there slowly at a time. 
Yeah, so that's a lot of work, a lot of work. So I want to thank you so much for coming here on the program. This was really fascinating speaking with you oh. once again and for coming on my final uh, interview for my first uh, one year anniversary here. Well, thank you for having me. We have come to the bottom of another fabulous program. I want to thank you so much for joining me. And I want to remind you to go to my main website, which is shadowfolks.com or HeidiHollis.com, and tell me what's on your mind. Tell me what it is that you've experienced. Research, give as much detail as you'd like, and we will highlight that right here on this program. And again, if you would like to be a guest on this show, you are always welcome. Just let me know. And again, if you want to keep your story anonymous, or if you don't want me to bring it up on the show, just mention that in the first line. Wow, this is uh, coming upon my one-year anniversary program next week. That is going to be a lot of fun to do. I, I hope you guys join me, and I hope you enjoyed tonight's program. Again, the next program, we are going to be covering only your emails and talking about what the plans are for next year for all of us. 2022 has got to be better than these last two years, and what surprises can be happening in the paranormal horizon I guess we'll just have to fall, wait and find out next week, right? Well, you know, you guys, there are so many mysteries in this universe, and I feel like we just took a little chunk out, whether it's good or bad, right? I think so. All right. Well, you guys, I want to thank you once again for your support, and you have been listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. Stay safe, everybody. Good night. Well, if you liked this edition of Dark Becomes Light, wait till you hear the next one. You've been listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.